hello there. You are listening to Jelly and Bean. This is a show where we talk about all manner of geek topics, tech, movies, TV shows, games and more. It's hosted by none other than Brandon Maines, an unlikely hero from the distant lands of the United States, with special guest host Alex Morris, the two-headed creature from the deep south of Tasmania, and myself, Jelly, aka Daniel Farrelly, an Apple fanboy with a heart of gold. Today is the 8th of March and this is episode 15. Hello, Bean. Hello, Jelly. And hello, Alex. Hello, Jelly. How How is everybody today? We're doing good. Paralyzed with happiness, mate. Paralyzed with happiness, apparently. So, we have a lot to talk about today, so uh, we'll just, we're just going to go straight into it. Uh, first of all, though, I'd like to get a bit of a, a, a sense of who you are, Alex, because I, I don't think any of our, well, some of our listeners will know who you are, but not everybody. So, do you want to just give a bit of an overview of who you are? Yeah. Um, hi. Listeners, um, it's really nice to be talking to you, and I hope we get to be really nice, good friends. Uh, my name's Alex. I am from Tasmania, and I am into nerd stuff. I like watching science fiction, and I also like reading science fiction and playing video games. Excellent. Yep. And you're a bit of a you're a bit into politics as well. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Moved to Canberra, and unfortunately, it kind of stuck. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so we'll we'll get into the the reason for your existence on Jelly Bean a bit later on. Uh, so why don't we why don't we kick things off with a bit of follow up? All right. Well, how about we start off with everyone's favorite Star Wars? Your your favorite. Everyone's favorite Jelly. Everyone except Jelly's favorite. How can you not like Star Wars? Let's not get into that right now. Well, look, look. Right now, there it's two against one. So therefore, Star Wars is favorite. All right. All right, I suppose that means that we can we can follow up on it then. Excellent. Yes. Well, the the news is that uh, both Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford will reprise their roles in Episode 7. Interesting. So, so we'll be seeing some old Leia and old Han. And Harrison Ford is looking incredibly old now, it must be said. I, I My brother sent me a picture of him the other day, just so, you know, this is what the Star Wars cast look like now. And he looks... Like, he's aged, it looks like, about 20 years in the last five since Indiana Jones has just gone downhill. Which is funny because he's always looked really, really young. I know. Like... If he, I, like, I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while, so I'm, I'm scared to. Like, I'm just gonna imagine him as, you know, still that young old man for a while. <laughs> yeah, just keep imagining that, and probably <laughs> stay off the internet for a bit. I'll be honest. Um, Carrie Fish is not really looking 100 percent great herself. She's not. Uh, Jelly's just pulled up a picture of her, and this is going to sound terrible, but it's probably not. This is not going to be the first time she's had to lose weight to be in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, big story is, of course, she was told when she started, uh, George Lucas wanted her to lose 10 pounds uh, to be Princess Leia. And I would suggest that Hollywood's going to make her do the same thing again. Well, maybe. I mean, she is going to be playing an older version of uh, Princess Leia. But mind you... Matronly uh, Leia. Apparently, uh, apparently, it's not actually confirmed that uh, she's going to be in it anyway. Huh. Uh, her her rep, I guess, t- says that she was she was uh she was joking when she announced that she, she quote announced that she was going to be joining Star Wars Seven. So this is according to a CNN article that I've I've brought up, and I'll put the link to it in the show notes. With- well, actually, actually, oh. what I want to bring up the uh the article that I'll throw in the show notes, raise you by five, um, <laughs> says that 
this is that the the article that I have is, it says that this is the second time that she's announced it. It, it said she it said that Fisher had previously said she'd be back in episode seven last year, but later claimed she was speaking tongue in cheek. But this time she's supposed to be more. Um, I guess it's more of a confirmation. Surely she's realised by now you don't joke with Star Wars fans. Yeah. Indeed. Well, the, the the quote that I have here is uh, basically, she was joking, nothing has been announced. That doesn't necessarily preclude the fact that she could be in Star Wars 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just means that, well, nothing has been announced. Because it, the the quote that like that everybody's using to say that she's definitely in it was like a, came along with, you know, this thing about, you know, uh, uh, what what Princess Leia would be, you know, in will be in Episode Seven, and her like her answer to that was elderly. She's in an intergalactic old folks home. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really really good episode. Uh, it was a while ago now of an ep- a podcast called Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. She uh, went on this quiz show, and she was asked to tell some story that she'd never told about Star Wars before. And apparently, on the set of A New Hope. Alec Guinness once gave Mark Hamill $20 to go away because he was annoying him so much. Well, let's let's uh let's go straight into to the next bit of follow-up. So, uh, last week me and Bean were talking about, you know, piracy and how to prevent it and and torrenting and that sort of thing. And we've talked about content distribution before uh at least a couple of times on on uh, on the show. Uh so this week Quick Flicks uh which is Basically, Australia's version of, uh, of of Netflix, but not quite as good, not not even close to being as good. They've come out to say that they are uh, actively trying to secure rights to stream US and UK shows here in Australia uh, within hours of when they are originally aired. So essentially, fast tracking the show, uh, the shows, um, and this could this could mean a number of different different shows. Uh, Except for HBO shows, so there's not going to be any Game of Thrones. Great. Uh, Foxtel has uh, has a an exclusive contract to be able to uh, to be able to distribute those uh, here in Australia. So, if you want Game of Thrones or other HBO goodies, you will need to get Foxtel in order to do that. I'd love to know how that's going for them because I'm assuming it's not well. I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest. I have never even considered having using Likewise. Foxtel. And to my knowledge, uh, Australians are the number one pirating audience of Game of Thrones. We, we the, the yeah, the Game of Thrones uh, numbers are pretty high as far as pirating goes. Um, so is is QuickFlix actually have they made any progress with this, or is this just kind of them saying this is what we'd like to do? I think this is just them saying what they'd like to do. I've I've got an article for this I'm, uh, from the Australian Financial Review. I will throw the link to that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a picture of Stephen Langsford, who is the QuickFlix executive chairman. Uh, so, yeah, it's basically them just saying, this is what we want to do. Uh, there's, I don't think there's not a, there's a whole lot going on. Uh, I thought it was particularly uh, interesting because of our conversation last week. It's like they were listening to us. Maybe maybe they are. Is, is that how newspapers are written nowadays, is they just listen to jelly and bean and go oh that sounds like a good topic let's write a couple articles about that that's right that's that's how it works the the the, the uh, wonderful people at the the financial review listen to listen to jelly and bean quite regularly for for all their news it would be less ridiculous in the way they actually do business <laughs> <laughs> uh so 
Yeah, so that I mean, that, it's it's just kind of a thing to to keep uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, I've I've used QuickFlix. I'm not I'm not particularly uh, sold on the whole whole idea. Uh, certainly, no more than uh, not in such a way, the same way that, that I kind of like Netflix, uh, or at least the idea of Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not really having used that either. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a subscription service, so you have to subscribe in order to uh, in order to uh, be able to even uh, get anything. So they have a DVD right. service and they have a have a uh, streaming service, which is what this is obviously uh, in, going to be uh, going to be uh, beefing up, I guess. Um, well, I just had to skim of the article, um, and, and it looks like I, I think they're going about it the wrong way. It says here that what they're thinking about doing is I- instead of just going, all right, you have a QuickFlix subscription already here's some, you know, new shows for you. It's more, you have a QuickFlix subscription, now pay us more for these shows? Yes. Because it says here, um, the, the company has yet to decide how it would price new release television shows, but hinted it could use a season pass model, allowing them to pay for an entire season of a particular show oh, instead of individual episodes. Oh. But to me, that's that's not really that great. That's, that's you, you know, like that's all. That's pretty much the same thing you you have now, except you get it a tiny bit earlier. It's not a good way to build an audience, anyway. It seems very, very backwards. Yeah. And uh, as I understand it as well, I mean, the whole appeal of Netflix in the US is it's ubiquitous now. It is on everything. If you've got an iPhone, an iPad, an Apple TV, an Xbox, a PlayStation, there's a Netflix app for it. There's even one for the Wii U, which is, I think, the only useful thing you can do on a Wii U. <laughs> um, and I'm a, I've never seen QuickFlix. I've not seen a QuickFlix app on the Xbox. I've not seen one on iOS. I don't know what I, how I'd go about signing up for it. I've never heard of it before tonight. I don't think. Uh, well, I've so I I don't even remember how I signed onto it. I think it's one of those things where I got. Uh, have you have you ever been around the internet and found those accept uh, this trial in order to pay for this particular piece of software? Yeah, sort of, I think. I don't know what it's... I think it's called, like, trial pay or something like that. And so, what you do is you, you sign up for the free trial of whatever whatever product it was. And you, you instead of paying, the you know, 30 bucks for the piece of software, then you don't, you know, you, you don't have to pay for it at all. It's just free. Huh. Cool. Um, and so, I, that's that's what I did uh, to, to be able to, to use it. And... Uh, when I when I was using it, it was just DVDs only. They didn't have a streaming service, mm. uh, even though Netflix, which is basically what it's based on, uh, like had had or already had you know, streaming services for for quite a while. Um, so when I re- I signed up to it and was on a plan where I got you know a couple of DVDs a week, and uh, once the free period uh, ended, it was like fourteen dollars a month or something like that, which was which was you know not not terrible but i mean i'm a forgetful person very forgetful (laughs) (coughs) what was i talking about again all right um and but so i would you know always forget to put dvds you know back in the mail and send them back off which was fine because i didn't get any fees for that but also if i forgot for several months which at least a couple of times i did Mm. then i was basically paying i was still paying fees because they wouldn't send out any new dvds uh, while I still had the ones that I had. Yeah, that's a that's a good business model for <coughs> catching forgetful people. <laughs> anyway, so I eventually uh, got around to cancelling it early, like late last year. 
And um, in order to do that, you actually had I actually had to call them up. Uh, they they won't do it through the website, so you can't. You can sign up on the website, but you can't actually get out of it on the website, which is one of those ways of kind of getting people to. Oh no, that's going to be too hard. I won't, I just won't do it. I'll just I'll just leave it. Maybe I'll do it next time when I'm when I'm not so busy. See, that's just shady. Yeah. That is a shady practice, and you know that these guys exist because they have realized that i don't know i might be a little bit off track here but they they have realized that should netflix come to australia they netflix will instantly destroy their business model netflix is a superior service um so what quickflix is banking on is preventing netflix from being able to come to australia maybe they've trademarked some things maybe i don't know getting things like exclusive contracts exactly yeah Uh, which is unfortunately how they do their business. It is incredibly anti-competitive. Uh, it's and that's and that's one of my big big problems with with uh, the current state of content distribution is they get like all these ex- uh, contracts exist so that you know, exclusive uh, contracts, but in a lot of a lot of times like they they just use they just sit on them to you know so that other other networks whatever can't can't uh, you know get in on the same on the same thing. And that's not great for con- a lot of consumers. Like, for instance, the HBO stuff. Like, I, I understand that, you know, HBO in America is also, is, is, pa- is a paid network. So it kind of makes sense that here in Australia, it's, it's, uh, aired on a paid network as well. But, you know, Foxtel does not have the same, uh, you know, the same, uh, ability to, you know, uh, pull it to, pull it to an app like HBO does in, in the US. Because HBO has like HBO Go or something. That's it. Yeah, and you can you can uh, download episodes uh, onto like onto your iPad or whatever. Yeah, and once again, that's one of those ones that's that's available on a lot of different platforms that you yeah. just don't see here. Yeah, and we but I, but at least at least in, in that sense, though, to use HBO Go, you have to have a paid subscription to HBO with a provider. So it, it would be like if Foxtel released an app for you to watch Game of Thrones, but you still had to have be signed up for Foxtel, and that would be fine if Foxtel had an app. Yeah. So if that's if you understand what I'm getting at, yeah. The problem is is that Foxtel doesn't have the same uh, digital reach that that HBO does in the states. Like we they're, they're, like they have an app for Xbox, I think they do. Yeah, I, yeah. I've got it because you can watch Fox News on it. Right. Or what is it? Sky News here, and. It doesn't really. I like. I've had a look at subscription prices. I'm like, oh, can I actually do this on Xbox? And first, it'd kill your downloads, and second, no, it's too expensive. For so what you get, yeah. Mm. So I'm not. I'm not 100 sold on our current situation with uh, with streaming stuff here in Australia, and I don't know that QuickFlix is going to necessarily quote fix the problem. Uh, but we'll. I guess we'll have to wait and see how it uh, well, develops. I think it's going to be one of the things, assuming the NBN, uh, I guess, is as good as everyone wants it to be, I think that'll help companies like this, um, I, I think, get a bigger market. Because, like, right now, you know, you don't, you know, you, you, if you're getting one and a half megs, you know, megabits a second, you're not really going to be able to stream too many shows. And if you do, they'll eat up your downloads, you know, within a, within a day or two. But, you know, once you're getting you know, 100 megabits, and you go, oh, I want to watch, you know, whatever show. And, you know, you have the capability to kind of jump right on there and get whatever you want right away. You know, it'll help companies like this, I guess, kind of break out. And, you know, who knows, maybe maybe that'll be the 
the turning point for getting you know actual Netflix in all in Australia. Yeah, well, I think that that all depends on uh, probably the next next election because I know that, uh, and here's here's me pretending that I know anything <laughs> about political stuff. Uh, the Liberal Party has come out saying that they're going to if if they get elected they they're going to uh, dismantle the NBN. Not quite dismantle as I understand it, but limit it. So you'd get whoever's you know if you in one of your green park developments now and you've already got it hooked up then you keep that um but future rollouts would just be to the node and then they would use the copper network to get it from the node to your house which yeah it doesn't really speeds would be unchanged basically. yeah it wouldn't really make much difference uh to the current situation so again we'll have to see it will be an interesting couple of months i think you know, I, I, we're not going to get in. We're not going to get into uh, election stuff because this is this is not the forum for that. There's uh, a massive can of worms as well. <laughs> uh, we, we may we may discuss the the NPN at some stage once we once you know there's some some uh, information. But for now, we'll just uh, we'll leave it at that. So on to uh, on to current topics. Current topics. Current topics. This week, the new SimCity was released. I was just looking at you because I had f- completely forgotten what we were about to talk about. And yes, SimCity is out. Um, it came out in Australia today, two days after it came out in America. And it is, from what I have experienced this afternoon, fundamentally broken. <laughs> <laughs> that would, uh, I think, jive with the, with the, uh, the reviews that we've been seeing around the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I, Got this thing installed. I like. I get home early. I start early. I finish early. I, I got home early. I installed the game. I downloaded everything. I signed up for an Origin account because apparently you can't buy it on Steam because that'd be too convenient. Um, and so I've downloaded this new client. I've given my credit card details to EA. I have downloaded the game, which I thought, oh, that's a that's a small download, and then spent a longer time downloading updates for the game than I spent downloading the game, and then. It gives you a screen. It's like, I can't connect to any servers and then gives you a list of servers and doesn't connect to any of them. And you go, oh, okay, well, that's not good. So you restart the game, right? And you go back into the list of servers again. You go, oh, I'm in Oceana. I'll click on that one. And it goes, okay, yep, sure, whatever. Oceana, you're in. You click on to go into the game. And this is where I spent the majority of my time on the game's start start screen. Um, the game's start screen alternates for me um this is kind of a review of my experience with SimCity because i've literally spent time with about three screens on SimCity. um the start page is like welcome bearded ferret or mayor bearded ferret i'm like i'm not mayor bearded ferret because you won't let me play the game um Welcome, Bitted Ferret. Would you like to learn how to play SimCity? And you go, yes, I'd like to learn how to play SimCity. And it gives you a loading screen for a while. And then it says, we lost connection to the server and kicks you back to the home screen. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sounds like a, a fun game. So that is literally my entire experience with SimCity. I don't know if it's good or not. I assume I'm going to enjoy it once they fix the server issues. But guys, what are you doing? <laughs> Why? Maybe, yeah, maybe they just want you to sit there and look at the uh, 
maybe the menus are what they spent the most time on. The menu music so they, is they wanna, quite. They want to make sure they want to make sure that you you know you get a good look at them before you start to play. Yeah, as I understand it, uh, Chris Tilton, who used to be on some gaming podcast, um, God, I've forgotten what now, but he's composed a lot of the music for the game, and it's very nice, soothing, very sim-like music. If you've played The Sims, then you're going to be chilled out by this music in the same way that you're chilled out by like the neighborhood music in The Sims. But ah. Oh, it's a single-player game. I just want to make my city. I think it would be a nice city if I was able to make it, but I can't because it wants me. It it wants to connect to a server at all times, and the servers are getting slammed, so I can't play it. Yeah, that's one of the big problems with it at the moment, isn't it? That you have to, in order to play it, you have to be connected to a server at all times. It's like Diablo three. Yeah, I think I think Jill, I think we've talked about this with when we talk about rumors of new game consoles and like this stuff doesn't work you know like you limit such it's such a huge limit on the market to say for a single player game like SimCity you need to be connected to the internet at all times yeah there's like if I'm sitting down to play a game I could be anywhere like I could be on a plane for all I know yeah and you know I want to pull out SimCity and like Clearly, I can't because apparently it requires a network connection. What if I'm going, you know, down the coast and I'm taking a laptop and I want to play SimCity? I'm not. I'm just <coughs> no not. No SimCity for you? No. Well, no SimCity for me on a desktop with a wide connection anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's true. And I think it's also one of those things, there's, even, even if somehow you could guarantee that, you know, every user who wanted to play actually had a decent internet connection at all times, this puts an insane amount of pressure on on EA as well to, to keep their, you know, like they have to have these servers, you know, running 24-7, 100% of the time. Because you don't want to go, I have a perfect connection, I'm, you know, sitting here on the internet like, like you have, and you go, I still can't connect. Exactly. And this is yeah. the other thing as well. They have to do this forever. Yeah. It's not the sort of thing where in like two years' time they can take the server down and be done with it. Because the last SimCity was around for 10 years. People are still playing it. I, I played it. We were talking about this last week. You can actually still buy it on GOG. Oh, what? GOG, GOG, as uh, we 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 termed it last week. Fantastic. Uh, so you can you can buy it on on GOG and download it and play it. And uh, that's probably going to be a more satisfying experience. Like, yeah. and it's like it's it's the old school, you know, uh, you know the the pixelated kind of graphic. But at least you can play it. Exactly. So, guys, and also it's cheaper. So much cheaper. So. The pricing here in Australia uh, is $79.99 for the uh, limited edition, which I assume is going to actually be limited and then switch to a standard edition because they've talked about everything that I see talks about like standard, limited, and digital deluxe. Mm. The term mm. limited edition in gaming is incredibly abused anyway, so I wouldn't hold my breath. So, yeah, so that's 80 bucks in Australia. Uh, and... You, you you can pay a hundred ninety nine ninety nine for the digital deluxe, digital deluxe, digital deluxe. Just uh, it just kind of sounds so comfy. Mm. But when you open the box, you can't play it. What box? It's digital. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's an imaginary. It's, it's box. an imaginary box. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's what you're paying the extra money for. Yeah. Is, is you get a free imaginary box with it. <laughs> that's great. So, uh, so that like that's the pricing for the for the uh, for the games on Origin, and you get a couple of 
extra bonus features with that. Yeah, for your extra 20 bucks, you get $30 worth of downloadable content. Um, you get to make your city look either British, German, or French. For some reason, they've determined that the ability to make your city look British, German, or French is worth $10 per city. Right. Yeah. Yep. Heroes and Villains set, which comes with the limited edition anyway. Everyone gets that. I I could tell you what it's about, but haven't played the game. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) Uh, French, German, and British city set. That's uh, all listed on the website, so good work. Thanks. Uh, Saved me having to read anything, really. Uh Although I did it anyway. And Uh, we appreciate what you did. So uh, I went. I went looking a bit, you know, uh, as as I do, because I'm very much uh, keen on this whole idea of paying. Everybody pays the same price, as I've mentioned many times. Uh, And I found it's very difficult to find other countries, uh, like the, the the pricing for other countries on Origin. They just, they just really don't want you to know it. Uh, no matter which, like, no matter which site you actually log into, like, uh, on here. So I'm currently logged into the US store on, on, like, in the web browser. And I'm still getting the Australian pricing. Awesome. Good work, guys. Um, so I guess it's based on my geolocation. I don't know. Anyway. Seems likely, yeah. Uh, so I, I did a little bit more digging by, doing a Google search and uh, heading to Amazon, which is uh, which they, they have it as well, for... So, the limited edition on, on Amazon is fifty nine ninety six. So, a saving of what? $10.03? Something like that. Mm. And that's for the limited edition. So, uh, I guess the probably the... The uh, d- digital deluxe edition is probably what uh, ninety bucks, eighty nine bucks, something like that. I would assume it's it's one of those things that really, really bothers me about games that there is still such a pricing discrepancy between the US and just anywhere else in the world. Honestly, I mean Australia cops it pretty badly, but uh, there are still issues in the UK. There are issues around Europe. Um, it's just a bad situation. Bean, you'd know all about that, having lived in the US and now living in Australia? Yeah, I just buy everything from the US and get shipped, so I, I don't deal with that. <laughs> how, how do you get a, uh, a digital game shipped to you, just quietly? That's, uh, yeah, it, well, it, it comes in an imaginary box in, in the ah, imaginary post. And so you, <laughs> you, imag- you imagine that it got mailed to you from the US... It's exactly right. Well, I, I think that's, I think it's one of the things that, at least in, in, in recently, kind of turned me off from digital stuff. It's because I, I know that, you know, if I was just, you know, across, across the pond, um, it, it would be, you know, everything would be so much cheaper. Like, I don't want to spend, you know, 100 bucks to download something I know is, is 80 somewhere else if I'm not getting any benefits for the, the extra money. Right. Especially given that Australia's dollar is stronger than the U.S. is at the moment. Right. That's the thing. Yeah, that makes even less sense um, now than it did five years ago. It's just a completely skewed... It's not even skewed. It's that the the publishers have realised that they can get away with it because it's the way it's always been and it's what we're used to. It's a sort of a learned helplessness thing. And we just put up with it. And the ones of us that can get around it or know how to get around it do. 
and the rest of us, you know, keep popping down to Big W and paying 120 bucks. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that I, I'm just looking up, uh, I'm looking up the American pricing for Office, for Microsoft Office. Yeah. Because I know that uh, a few couple of years ago, I went online to buy Office for me and my wife uh, for our Macs because I didn't have a Mac version. This is when, this is kind of when uh, Mel first switched over and I stopped using a PC altogether. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and uh, so I went online to try and you know get a, a download of the Office for Mac, as you do, and the pricing was ridiculously different. Uh, I'm trying to I was trying to look it up online, but it's uh, it seems to be doing the same thing that Origin was doing to me, and not showing me the American price. Brilliant, even though I'm in the American store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it's one of those things where uh, it, like it it, co- it cost like. There was like a nearly fifty, sixty dollars difference uh, between the American price at the time and the Australian price. Well, you have to understand, putting that Australian spell checker in really does take a lot of time and effort. <laughs> it does. It does. I can imagine, you know, those U's. They, Just inserting they... those U's everywhere and replacing Z's with S's. It's, oh. it's hard. It's labor intensive. It's uh. Well, no, 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 no. You, you don't understand. You guys use so much, you know, slang. They they have to put that in there. Of course, Cobra. You know when they when they say you know yeah, they go type in rubbish and they gotta go, they they turn off things. Do you, you sure you don't mean trash? That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Alf Stewart mode. <laughs> right. So this kind of this kind of ties into our next topic, actually, which is uh, which is basically all about uh, pricing differences between the uh, between the US and Australia. Uh, because currently, and this is this is the reason for your existence on Jillian Bean, Alex, and and in general, and in general, yeah, you you your whole existence to this point has been so you could be on this podcast doing this particular episode. What a non anti climax at all! It's it's the opposite of an anti climax. It's a climax. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> indeed it is. Uh, so. At the moment, the the Australian government has got a an, uh, an inquiry going on into what is uh, colloquially colloquially co- I can't even say the word. Col- Col- oh, I can't even say it either. <laughs> Cloaca? <laughs> no, colloquially. Uh, what is no? What is colloquially? Oh, I really just can't say it. So, just what, is what is commonly known, known as what is commonly known as the Australian tax. Uh, so this is this is the uh, the situation where everything seems to cost uh, more. So it's uh, here in Australia. So you know whether it be for computer items, uh, whether it be for uh, software, games apparently, yeah, uh, you know cameras and the like. Uh, it all gets kind of marked up and given this special Australia price because. And, and I, I, I want to point out that we're we're not talking about. You know, like obviously the, the normal expenses that that come into you know shipping it into a different market, but things that are kind of above and beyond what what we would consider reasonable. Right, right. Uh, you know, and a lot of the times, you know, that 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 that's partially reasonable. But when it comes to things like you know digital content, uh, stuff that's shipped from you know from not from America anyway, like a lot of the time, you know, uh, as an example, Apple, who is uh, who is actually part of this whole inquiry. 
mm, yes. in a way. Uh, Apple has been, uh, you know, they they charge extra depending like whether in what country you're you're in. Uh, and you know they've been under scrutiny for that f- for for quite a while. But uh, you know, if you buy a custom PC, a, cu- a custom Mac, uh, yeah. and have it you know have it altered on the website, uh, it gets shipped from China. Pretty much, yeah. Which they, is where it gets manufactured anyway. Yeah, they assemble it specially for you. Uh, so they they yeah they put it together and they ship it directly to you from giant from like the from the factory in China. XOXO love Fos- love Foxconn. <laughs> And then, like, and you pay you pay the extra amount anyway, even though it actually is, you're not actually shipping it any further. In fact, you're probably shipping it less far, yeah, less far. Uh, anyway, so the the government currently is doing an inquiry called the IT Pricing Inquiry. It's uh, imaginative. It's very imaginative. It, it is the government. Yeah, uh, is there is there is a website that you can go to for all the for all the details. But we'll uh, so we'll throw that link in the show notes. But we we were going to have a bit of a bit of a chat about that because it's just one of those things that uh, especially for for you know for geeks like us it, it matters a lot. Uh, and I mean this specific this specific inquiry is mostly about IT related stuff, uh, computers, software, and that's that sort of thing. Uh, and the most recent thing that's happened in this in this whole saga is that uh, the government has subpoenaed uh, Apple, uh, Microsoft, and Adobe to appear before the House Committee on March twenty second. Yes, well, it's coming up in a couple of weeks' time, and that will be either very interesting or incredibly anticlimactic, uh, depending, I suppose, on the quality of their lawyers and how well they've vetted their submissions. And I, with, just based on the size of those companies, I would assume they'd be vetting their submissions incredibly closely and they will have their answers triple-checked and will be avoiding loopholes and the sort of things that can normally catch people out in government inquiries. But honestly, you have to ask yourself... If it's going anywhere, I mean, can a government inquiry realistically do anything to change anything? Let's just say we drag Tim Cook out and sit him in the House of Representatives, which I'm fairly confident is not where the House Committee sits, but let's assume they're sitting in the House because that's where I imagine House of Representatives people sitting. And they're all like, Tim, mate, what's going on? Why, why, when I go to the Apple shop, do I have to pay more for my Mac? And Tim will look at his talking points that have been prepared by a special team of Australian parliamentary liaison officers, media officers, and lawyers, and he will say, well, look, in America, we are not obligated to advertise with sales tax. In America, we are obligated. In Australia, we are obligated to advertise with sales tax. Surely you can see the difference. And everyone will fall into the Apple field of, oh, okay, well, that obviously makes sense. I have to buy one now. And then nothing will change. <laughs> the the magical land of, of, uh, of Apple's uh, reality distortion field. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, um, I mean, to, to dump a bit of history on you, it has been happening for a very long time. It's It's been attacks on sort of the lifestyle choices of some Australians. For just about as long as I've been alive, as far as I'm aware. Um, I mean, I, I remember probably over a decade ago now working um, 
at a EB Games back down in Hobart. And, you know, the PlayStation 3 came out and there was that famous E3 press conference with the 599 US dollars. And then it came out here and it was $1,000 for a PlayStation. And, like... I remember that. People lined up for it. They were just prepared to take it. This is learned helplessness. We have copped it for so long. We are used to going, well, I live in Australia. I guess I better just pay up. And we do it. And we have no, we've, we're not really given the choice. The only other option that we have, uh, as far as, you know, getting stuff to us, uh, or at least the only option that we had before the real, uh, the internet really kind of kicked in was to actually li- literally go to America to get out, to get items. Exactly. And I really like that stat that came out, I think, in the last week that it is cheaper to fly to California, buy yourself a copy of the new Photoshop, and then fly back to Australia than it is <laughs> to just buy it in Australia. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I, I know that, uh, for example, one of the things that hap- has happened because of, possibly because of this uh, inquiry, uh, possibly coincidentally be- uh, at the same time as the inquiry, not long after this was announced that uh, they were going to be dragged in to see the, the House of Representatives, uh, the House Committee, rather. Yes, yes. Uh, so before before they could, uh, you know, just after this was announced, uh, Adobe came out and announced that they were cutting back their Australian pricing on their creative cre- uh, creative cloud uh, package. You know, that's a massive coincidence. I mm. like they've probably had that plan for months. months it's months. just like they they were all geared up for their really big launch. Like, hey guys, Australia, we're giving you a really good. You know, it's community outreach. We're going to make you guys pay way less for stuff. And then this drops the day before. It's just, it's unfortunate. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 uh, it used to, and I mean, I, I subscribe to Creative Cloud because I use it for work. Okay. Uh, so unfortunately, it's not, it's not, it's not actually, uh, taxable because it's an American, I'm paying in American dollars. So there's no GST or anything like that. So I can't, I can't make, actually uh, claim any of that, uh, really. But uh, I mean, that's you know, everybody feels sad for Jelly. Oh no. Um, oh, now he'll just have to go out and buy more Apple stuff. Uh, yeah, oh, that's, that's terrible, isn't it? Uh, so yeah, it, it was costing around. I think when I started uh, paying for it, it was around sixty two ninety nine. Random pricing. Uh, and yeah, they per month, per month. Yeah. So you pay that every month. Uh, and th- as soon as you, as soon as you miss a payment, your creative cloud just basically dies. And, and also goons come around and break your legs. And, with and bats. yeah. And, and no more Photoshop for you. Oh. <laughs> they drag away, your, they drag away, uh, your, your piece at your computer with, with Photoshop on it and leave you with like a, an old Apple Lisa or something. Well, that sounds all right. I mean, if you're not heard of MS Paint, you can do a lot now. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, they, they dropped it down to I think about fifty bucks uh, off the top of my head. So it's like a drop of what twelve bucks. Those humanitarian—they they just give. They gave just... you twelve bucks a month. Do you know what you can do with that? Do you know how much Nando's you can eat for that? I could eat so That's much. That's almost Nando's. a full fl- a full plate of Nando's. That is almost yes, yes. That, and, and not just once, but every month. That's right. Yes, you can almost eat Nando's every <laughs> I month. Can almost eat. <laughs> Good. I'm very glad. When are we going to have a house committee on the price of Nando's? Because God, 
Nando's is pretty expensive. It is an expensive piece of chicken. But but it is also the best fast food chicken that you can get at all. This is Nando's apologism. Yes. <laughs> well, guys, you, you know, but reason Nando's is price it is is because they ship it from China, <laughs> and and therefore it has to, you know, it, it gets hit with the Australia tax just like everything else. It's assembled by twelve year olds. Exactly. And Foxconn on the side does Nando's. <laughs> Also, I guess uh, the ultimate takeaway from this is I am very, very skeptical that anything will change just because, and I mean, if we, if we get very, very into politics for two seconds, I mean, this government has changed a lot. It gets a massive rap, but it has passed, I think, the most pieces of legislation in a sitting, in, 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 you know, a three year period, um, than any other parliament, I believe, in the history of Australia. I don't, may very well be a stat that I've pulled out entirely from my backside, but it feels like a stat that's right. No, it, it, I've read it somewhere. Um, the problem with this government is that they seem to be kind of asked backwards about actually implementing change, and they will shoot themselves in the foot um, on even the best piece of legislation or change. And my feeling is that even if this House committee does recommend sweeping changes to the way things are priced in Australia and massive government intervention, the opposition will be against it because they're very against any government intervention in the free market. Um, the Greens, who knows? Um, odds are they'll be for it, but you never know. Um, and business will be massively against it. And we'll campaign the hell against it because they like having their little um, slice off the top. And unfortunately, it's an election year and we saw what happened last time business campaigned against the government in an election year. Indeed. Farewell, Kevin Rudd. So, I think I think it stands to be seen what's going to happen happen here. Uh, I, I agree. I'm pretty sceptical uh, skeptical that anything's going to happen. But then I'm sceptical... Uh, I can't even say that word. Jeez, skeptical about uh, anything that the, the uh, government does. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those situations where I mean, you know, good stuff's happening, but it's very, very difficult. It's a it's a good government that's just lost its way. <laughs> I'm getting far too political now. I need to shut up. Yes. <laughs> uh, good times. So. Let's move, let's move on, uh, to, I think, what will be our final topic for the evening. And, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a, an uplifting topic compared to, compared to talking about how we have to pay extra for everything here in Australia. Uh, Iron Man 3. Yes, because we won't pay extra for tickets for that. No, of course not. Let's just not. Let's just... Well, no, of course not. We'll all just pay it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Torrance, baby. Uh. <laughs> I, I I can't wait to get my my uh, digital download of something that some dude in America has uh, captured on his tiny little uh, his tiny little video camera. With half a head in front of the seat. yeah, with half a head in front of the seat. <laughs> wait, wait, whoa, whoa! Not just any digital download, a deluxe digital download. <laughs> deluxe digital. Uh, it can make Iron Man look French. Indeed. <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> so. The trailer for that dropped this week. And oh my god. It is amazing. Uh, 
That was not a good sentence. <laughs> that was a great sentence. <laughs> so, so the trailer dropped this week. I reckon I have a feeling that this Iron Man could be the best Iron Man. That's a big call. I know it is a big call. What do you guys think? Well, it's it's got it's got well, Ben Kingsley in it. I don't think you can go wrong with you know famous actors like that That's in true. a movie. I think you know spoilers for the end of the trailer. It could be the best Iron Man. True. Ooh, True. Nice. Mm. To delve to delve deeper into that spoiler, uh, so that I don't I, I don't think it's really a spoiler yeah. when it's when it's in the trailer. I think that's I, I realize I think it's all right to talk. About I realize that. And then fifty Iron Men show up, and oh my god, it's awesome! <laughs> uh, he's he's geeking out over there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so yeah, there's a there's a moment at the end of the trailer where they they talk about. Uh, Stark says to you know, something a bit to Rhodey about you know needing backup, and Rhodey says, "Oh, that's your department." And then the next shot is you know seven billion Iron Men, Iron Men suits uh, flying in and uh, all just kind of going and lining up. All and they're all different too, so it it stands to say that there is we're going to be seeing a whole lot of different armor uh, in this particular episode of yeah. Iron Man. And you know what? That's really, really good because if there's one weakness, I think, to the last two Iron Man movies, they've kind of been a bit formulaic and light on with the actual armoured man punching things action. Yep. Like, Iron Man 2 had, what, three big action scenes? You've got Monaco, you've got the fight in, in, the, in the party, and you've got the final scene with all of the droid things. Something like that, yeah. And it's pretty much the same for Iron Man 1. I mean, if we can get, like, a massive scene, I want to see half an hour of a bunch of Iron Man suits just punching stuff and running through walls and repulses everywhere. I think that's going to be exciting. I'm good. Oh, I think it's going to be amazing. I am so keen on uh, on this new, new movie. Yeah, Ben Kingsley looks amazing. Uh, he sounds even better. I love his voice. It's going to be very, very exciting on that front. And Guy Pearce is present in the trailer. I don't really know what his point is yet. But it doesn't matter. It's Guy Pearce. Yeah, that's true. He should just just play every role. (laughs) Guy Pearce does Iron Man (laughs) single-handedly. Nice. It's like like a one-man play, right? I can see that becoming a stage show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I once saw a one-man stage show of Lord of the Rings. It was really weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be weird. Not that I've ever. I, was, it, I, was it like nine hours long? Well, no. He just did Fellowship, and he said he did. He did a similar one for Star Wars, which he said was just about the same thing. And um, yeah, he did all the voices. He sang. It was real weird. I I don't know if I'd go and see the second two. That sounds. That does sound really weird. I mean, I haven't seen Lord of the Rings, mate. We've we've covered this before, uh, and I'm not currently not allowed to see Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'm under a a uh, no watch agreement uh f- thanks to uh the the guest that we had uh on during over over uh, christmas and so i'm not allowed to watch it until the hobbit is finished oh, wow so it's got, i've got a, i've got a while to go uh he he's he's cashing in on the idea that i will be one of those uh choice few to watch the whole series of movies, all six movies back in, to back to back to like, back to back to back in actual chronological order. So that works really well with Star Wars. So let's yeah, well, yeah. 
you, you, by the they just get better and better. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> by the time, yeah, by the time you get to, uh, get through episode three of Star Wars, it's you're just like, oh, I don't want to watch anymore, and you watch four, and it's like, That's, okay, this this is better. Yeah. yeah, I can understand that. So, Iron Man, then, guys, it's just going to be so exciting. Oh, gee, I'm so excited. I am very excited. It's ah. You know, I think we've talked about this before. I hate Iron Man as a character in the comics. Yes, but the movies are great. Mm, mm, right. Well, in, in the comics, he's a lot more. It's a lot more focused on his alcoholism and stuff like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't he, think he's he a drunk. Away with he, doing that in the movies. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's he's a drunk and a jerk in the comic. Indeed. Like I don't think he's a likable mm. character, but because it's Robert Downey Jr., you can't help but. Love oh, him. I I can't help but love Robert Downey Jr. Which is funny because Robert Downey Jr. is also your first pick for an alcoholic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, look, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where I think uh, I think he's really he embodies the character himself. Uh, he's definitely he's definitely a character actor uh, in, in, when it comes to this role, um, and really most of the roles that he plays, honestly. Mm. Uh, so like, I I couldn't imagine anybody uh, anybody filling the role like he does. Actually, it's, it is coming into question because uh, you know he's this. This is the end of his contract, I think, for for Iron Man. Oh dear, for for playing uh, for playing the the character. So uh, there there may not may not be any more. Actually, I think maybe he's uh, he's signed on for Avengers two. I was going to say, given that the Avengers was basically a giant pool of money towards the end, um, <laughs> I'm sure they can afford to swing a few bucks his way to. Retain his services for a while. Right. Well, yeah, I well, think he was. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they haven't already got him to sign a contract saying he's going to be in, you know, Avengers one through three. Like, I don't think they would have left that up to to chance at doing well. I think they would have known it's going to make some money, and just in case, they'll get him to, you know, uh, you know, to I guess si- sign his his job his job life away. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, they they did sign him up to a contract for several different moves for several movies. They mm. signed him up to a contract with uh with three individual movies and two group movies. Ah, because I just heard three movies. Really? And I was under the impression that the Avengers was the third movie. So this therefore is a new contract. I don't think it is. I think oh. this is the end of it. Oh dear. I'd have to look it up. But that being said, I'm fairly certain that Robert Downey Jr. is the best paid actor as far as, uh, as far as the Avengers, uh, the Avengers was concerned. He got the most money out of his deal. He did the most work, in fairness. It's true. He was also the, the best character. Yeah. <laughs> did anyone well, else carry also- a rocket into space? No. <laughs> That's right. It's not just space guys. It was a you know different you know dimension. Remember, there was a portal. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, portal. Jeez, guys. Across across <laughs> uh, across the universe or whatever. He fired the portal gun at the moon. And- he, you know, he was and he was and he did the thing where he you know jumped out the window or whatever it was. And, that was a great moment. Uh, and you know, I mean, he had to go through all that, so he deserved the money. Okay, and and, and he had to he had to eat Sharma at the end. Yeah, with, with all of them. I mean, yeah, that's rough. No that- one knows what that is, but it sounds delicious. In, in uh, fairness, I- that was his idea. Yeah, look out for that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, just throwing this out there: the suit up scenes. Are basically Iron Man porn. Like, I, yeah, I would, I would take that. Yeah, there, there have been nights where I've just sort of gone back and obsessively YouTubed videos of 
you know, the suit-up scene from Iron Man 1 versus the suit-up scene from Iron Man 2 versus the one from the Avengers. and Vers- Versus the one from the trailer? Did you see the one in the trailer? Oh, with the... Where he jumps, where he jumps out into the, like, to the, into the air, like, kind of does a, a, you know, swan, swan dive and just kind of lands on the, lands on the armor, which then wraps back around him. Yep. <sighs> See, I can imagine that hurting. I can imagine like, that hurting as well, I, but- I don't, I don't think that's like a smooth, like, you know, it's got soft, cushiony pillows on one side, just in case that happens. No, 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 it's- you're, you're jumping into a car. Yeah, yeah but not but soft, cushiony uh, pedal, man. At, at, at the same time, we're, we're talking about a suit that is clever enough to know when you know where, where he is, so that he can jump directly into it. So, I, like, it would just kind of wrap around him, mm. and he would never really. F- it would not be the same as kind of jumping onto cement, You'd, or, or in this case, you know, a bunch of metal. It would, you know, it would. Uh, it clearly contours around his around mm. his body. So I've been doing. A little bit of, uh, you know, uh, obsessive compulsive, uh, Wikipedia-ing and looking into a little bit about what this movie is supposed to be about. Apparently it's based on something called the Excelsis, I think. Saga? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. I can't remember the, the word. Yeah, again. some nerd listening to this is gonna, is gonna, you know, tweet back and go, no, it's, it's pronounced this and you've got the word wrong. Um, so I don't, like I've I've read a synopsis, and I think a lot of it probably won't be included in the movie. But probably the the big bit that will be is, hey, Iron Man has armor that he can just think, and now it it does stuff because that obviously happens in the trailer a couple of times, and that just looks super super cool. I, yeah, I'm just very excited about where this series is going, and I don't know if they can make it go another three movies. I'm cool with that. I really want to see sort of the end points to some of this. And I, I'm i kind of heartened that they're not billing this as, you know, the end of Tony Stark's story or anything like that. It's not a Dark Knight Rises type thing. It is very much, hey, Iron Man's going out and he's going to have an adventure. And, oh, did you see all those Iron Men? Exactly. Yeah. Man, psychic armor. <laughs> it's, it's every boy's dream. Pretty much, yeah. I would, I would, I would love that. I would love to have Iron Man armor. I would just love it. It would simplify my commute so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flying to work. Hey, guys. Well, no, no, I, I think it would simplify your commute because you would no longer go to work. <laughs> it's true. You, you would just be like, man, got a suit. I'm just going to fly. No, no, I'm just going to keep doing it. Just, you know, mild-mannered uh, cubicle worker. Clark just, Kent style. Yeah, exactly. You realize that you're in... The completely wrong universe. <laughs> Don't care. Don't even care. Now, the question is, w- would you stay in the armor while working in the cubicle? It would depend on the job I was performing. Um, oh. You could just get Jarvis to do the work. Jeez. Yeah, that's right. Well, I could just do that thing, realistically, that American guy that outsourced his job and uh, yes. kept, like, five-sixths of the wage. And just sat there and watched cat videos all day? Pretty much, yeah. I could yeah. do that. Only it could be, you know, flying around in armor, saving the world, and occasionally submitting a TPS report. <laughs> uh, good times. Anyway, anyway, that's pretty much all that we've got time for today. Uh, we're, we're gonna head off now and, uh, geek out about Iron Man 3 a little bit more. So, uh, if you would, if you guys would like to, uh, find out any of the details for any of the articles that we've referenced today, you can do that. As we've mentioned, they're in the show notes and the show notes are at jellyandbean.co forward slash 15. 
uh, you can get in touch with us and uh, tell us about how we're wrong and how or how right we are. Or you could tell us that you'd never want to hear Alex on this show again. Uh, to do that, <laughs> just contact us uh, by going to jellyandbean.co forward slash contact. Uh, you can also talk to all three of us individually on Twitter. Alex is available at Bearded Ferret. That's Bearded Ferret. I have a beard. A- I'm sporting a-, a beard today. AKA a ferret with a beard. That's right. Brandon is available at Brandroid Attack, and I am at Jellybean Soup. Guys, this has been a great episode. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.